Hello, and welcome to the Alka Huh podcast, the podcast that looks into those troubling questions that us philosophical drinkers bring to each other's attention after three or four beers. I'm EJ. I'm Beth. And let's just fire it off right out of the gate. So after the last time when we talked about, you know, pumpkin spice and toothpaste, we uh, proceeded to have another uh liquefied brainstorming session <clears throat> and I got my wheels turning no pun intended once you hear the podcast here topic um, roads the roads that we travel on every day what's the deal with them what what are they made of when did they come about when did modern roads become a thing and when did roads in general become a thing well apparently the oldest constructed roads were discovered at least to date uh, in Mesopotamia in the cities of Ur like you are and Babylon and they're paved with stones the first roads I guess you could call them were just kind of formed by walking the same paths over and over until there was a visible trail I you know I I was wondering if maybe uh, it wasn't just humans doing that but animals too like going to water holes I was going to say we have roads in our front yard. Yeah, exactly. You know, the same beaten path. But I wonder if that had something to do with it. I didn't go too into detail because this was a rabbit hole. There's so much information out there. Uh, I could have told you all sorts of ridiculous facts that you'd never care about about roads. Um, when humans started settling into villages, though, the paths between the villages became more like what we think of as roads. Like, you go visit your cousin over two villages down the path, eventually it gets trodden down into what you'd think of as a road. And the invention of the wheel actually made it clear that the dirt paths needed improvement. Because rain and dirt equals mud. And when you've got a heavy cart on wooden wheels in mud, big trouble. But somehow it took uh, 3,000 years from the invention of the wheel uh, until they invented paved roads. It was still dirt paths for 3,000 years. I'm, I'm thinking that the invention of the wheel, though, you know, they didn't actually, like, say, ooh, wheel, build cart. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, the Romans. The Romans are the one that built the first layered roads with crushed stone at the bottom layer for drainage to let the water out. Um, and actually now, even today, some of those very same roads are still in use. Uh, the Roman method... The exact same road. Yeah, the exact same roads. And we actually still use the same techniques that they developed today. In a little more modern setting, obviously. But they stretched, you know, the Roman Empire was pretty vast. There were actually two Romes. Did you know that? Yes. Okay, well... Think about that. All the way from England to, like, the Rhineland, and then all the way to northern Africa, they built a huge network, and they used it mostly to transport goods and services, but I think the main purpose was for the military, like, to transport troops here and there and supplies, because you can't have a huge standing army without feeding them and you know, giving them clothing and armor and weapons. I like to eat. I like clothes. I don't think you'd have enjoyed being a legionnaire. Probably not. 
our modern roads are based on a process from Scottish engineer John McAdam. And I found another reference to another guy, but I wasn't 100% sure that he actually was involved in this version of the process. But it involved topping the layered roadbed, like the Roman style, with soil and crushed stone aggregate, which should be the aggregate would be like rocks of similar size. They crush them down to be like not one rock is the size of your big toe and another rock's the size of your pinky fingernail, I guess. Um, and then they packed it down to lock it in place. They'd use heavy rollers or probably pulled behind oxen and stuff because that was in the like 18th or 19th century. And asphalt roads came about in the 20th century Basically the same principle as what he used, but they added tar for a binder. And then they'd pack it down. It the smells same way. terrible. It does. It does. Um, the construction practices in the 20th century changed with the Industrial Revolution. It went from being men with pickaxes and shovels to the big machines you see on the side of the road today. And I always think about, like, guys sentenced to hard labor in chain gangs. You know, like on Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Such a good movie. To the modern stuff, like the Mighty Machines that our youngest is obsessed with. And actually, the same way the Romans were influenced, their road system was influenced by the military, our modern ones too were too. Uh, troops and equipment still had to get moved, only we had bigger countries, or at least different borders. And it led to the creation of the interstate system in the U.S., and the Audubon in Germany. Now, a couple little tidbits for you. Today, about 96% of paved roads in the United States are asphalt. Uh, the first use of asphalt was in 1824. And here's my mispronunciation of the podcast. In Champs Elysee in Paris, and it was paved with blocks made of asphalt, actually. And then modern asphalt, which was engineered to a higher standard that they could actually pave with instead of doing a block at a time, they were used in Battery Park and on Fifth Avenue in New York City in 1872, and a few years later in Washington, D.C., it is like Pennsylvania Avenue, I believe. Hmm. Now... There are a bunch of different types of pavements. You know, it wasn't just concrete and asphalt. Those are just the predominant ones that were listed in most of the historical articles I could find. Uh, gravel road surfaces, which you and I are very familiar with. Yep. But the practice of using gravel goes way, way back. Only modern gravel roads are built up on elevated roadbeds for drainage, with ditches on the sides perhaps. Um, and then cobblestone. Everybody's familiar with beautiful cobblestone streets. Everybody thinks those are cool looking. I think they're cool looking. I you like them. I'd hate to like try to scoop the snow off of them. Eh, I don't scoop. And snow. then what? What about uh, what about granite sets? Do you know what granite sets are? Uh huh. I didn't either. Actually, I stumbled across them here. Granite sets. They were used in particular on hills to give horses better traction. And they're square blocks. They're mined in cut granite from different locations, like in, I think one of the mines is in Bulgaria. Um, and now, 
more modern stuff is obviously asphalt by far. And second place is concrete. But still, when you've got, what, 96% asphalt roads compared to less than 4% concrete, far and away, concrete is not a great road service, apparently. And then you've got composite roads, which are actually a mix of both. You know, it might be an underlayer of concrete or... You know, maybe they're mixed together. I don't know. I'm not a road-building individual. I'm just trying to learn about them. So what is it when they spray the stuff on the road and pour the gravel all over it? Well, I'm glad you asked, because that's the next one I'm going to talk about, actually. <laughs> and it's a bituminous surface. It's used to re or rejuvenate pre-existing pavement. It's a pain in the ass. It is. Like, you spray the road with something sticky, add stone, and pack it down. And, like, I know in my experience on the motorcycle, it sucks. Because here, they don't pack it with a roller. They don't use a steamroller or anything. You just drive on it until you just drive it goes on away. It. And in the morning, when there's dew on little tiny pieces of rock, it sticks to tires and you get, you get hit a lot. Not my favorite thing in the world. I say a lot of bad words. No one can hear them. Yeah, right? Now, I did find some other pretty unique uh, paving items. Uh, pavers, which are actually precast concrete blocks. You lay one block at a time to build your road. So that would be very much in line with cobblestones or sets or anything like that from back in the ancient times. Bricks. In my notes I wrote, duh, it's bricks. Like, I have to explain that. Um, coolest one I found was actually called Nicholson Pavement. Nicholson Pavement fell out of fashion relatively quickly, but it's made of wood blocks. They'd make wooden cubes, and they'd inset them in the ground like cobblestones or bricks. But Wouldn't those rot? Well, yeah, due to high maintenance costs and, you know, just how big of a pain in the ass it would be. Oh, look, there's another rotten one. Uh, Mr. McAdams's horse, he broke a leg, and it's on the city because the, the street was bad again. You know, they, yeah, they fell out of fashion. And then macadam. Um, that's actually small crushed rock. like Almost like the white rock that you see, but smaller pieces. And it's used because it has less dust. And then we move on to tarmac. And that is actually just macadam and tar. Plus that bitumous bituminous surface. That's a stupid word. Uh, but tarmac, you think airport runways and like the ramps for the planes. That's what you got there. And that's really about all I've got on roads for now because, like I said, it's a rabbit hole. We could get into cost per mile and all sorts of ridiculous numbers. Like 2 to 12,000 or 2 to 12 million, excuse me but we're not going there. Well, I would like to talk about where one of my favorite places to travel on roads is, too. What's my favorite flavor of ice cream? Oh, you're giving me that look like you don't know. It depends on the location. Where we go? Banana. Okay. I love banana ice cream. Banana ice cream does not taste like a banana, though. 
And that got me on the whole, why does banana flavor not taste like bananas? And you've explained this to me before, but I wanted to go a little bit more into it. Um, The banana flavor, it's a sweeter and more pungent flavor than the actual banana. And they say that's because the banana flavoring is based off of the gross Michelle banana, but that succumbed to fungus and ceased to be commercially produced. So it was replaced by the Cavendish, which has a different flavor, which is more the flavor of a banana you'd go buy at the grocery store that you right. eat now. Right. Um, the difference in flavor is due to the artificial flavor that has developed from the old variety. So the artificial flavoring tastes more like the original bananas, but not the current ones we eat now, which I love current bananas now. And I don't honestly love all banana flavors. Like candies and stuff, I'm not as crazy about. Yeah, the, the runts, I can't stand those. And you will eat them for me, so it works out. I will. Um, according to SciShow, current bananas are bred, and they're, they all used to have seeds in them now, where there's just some tiny little black specks, which I could not imagine eating a banana and having to pick the seeds out. You know, you bite into an apple sometimes, and you bite too far, and you get the seed or yeah, something. Yeah. Couldn't imagine that in my bananas. Um, according to SciShow also, Walmart's best-selling item is the banana. Of everything that's sold at Walmart, the banana sells the best. Well, I'll be. And the current bananas that we're using right now could actually go extinct at any time. Their genetic uniformity is a dream for killer funguses and disease. That's, that's because modern bananas are all basically clones. They are. Yeah. Um, banana flavoring in the U.S. is normally in a liquid form. Overseas, the powdered form is more popular. Um, the liquid form comes from the Chiquita banana, actually. One of the world's most major banana producers. I want to dance now. (laughs) Um, It mixes flavors from pureed bananas with water and ethyl alcohol to make a liquid extract. Um, Well, that makes sense. And then propylene glycol is added. Glycol. To stabilize the product. The powder form, though, is made from dehydrated banana peel and fruit, or freeze-dried fruit. And it's not commonly available in the U.S., but you can order it from online specialty retailers. And it's used in the food industry and baked goods and ice cream. Um, There's actually almost 1,000 varieties of bananas in the world, with subdivisions in 50 different groups. Bananas are grown in more than 150 countries, producing over 105 million tons of fruit per year. Which, for how fast bananas go through our house, I don't find that hard to believe. 105 million tons per year? Mm-hmm. According to BuzzFeed, there's a, gen- a definitive ranking of banana-flavored items or things. It's an 18-count list that we're going to go backwards in. Um, number 18 is now on laters, which I've never preferred at all. Yeah, they're a little too hard for my taste, too. 
Number 17 is Laffy Taffy, which, while it's not the go-to candy when you're looking for a piece of candy, I will eat the kids' banana-flavored Laffy Taffy at Halloween. But if you want a stupid joke, you've got it on lock with Laffy Taffy, and I will eat the dickens out of Laffy Taffy because I love taffy. Number 16 is the Runts. I've I've always been good about giving them away. If I'm here, I give them to you. If I'm at work, I give them to Jeremy. I don't eat the banana runts. They're just not my bag of tricks either. Um, number 15 is condoms. And according to BuzzFeed, yes, this is a real thing. Oh, God. That's, that's terrible innuendo. <laughs> Agreed. Number. F- <laughs> <laughs> Don't even go there. No, 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 no. It's like, what? Okay, sometimes we make banana bread and we we use the neoprene gloves, but still, you're like, if you wore latex gloves and then you're like, oh, there's some banana on there. Oh, it's like licking a balloon. <laughs> Number fourteen is pudding. Number 13 is beer. I have never had a banana-flavored beer, and I'm not sure that I'm brave enough to try one. Well, I don't know about banana beer, but years and years ago, when I was a budding 18-year-old and rebellious and whatever, we used to buy cigarettes at this one gas station that would have these crazy off-brand, weird combinations of flavors and everything, and we bought some banana bread cigarettes. Yeah, it's just like it sounds. A terrible decision. (laughs) Uh, Number 12 is Nesquik, which, again, I've never actually seen in person. I've had banana Nesquik. Did you like it? I'm not huge on the banana flavoring, but I did try it. And it was okay. It was not as good as strawberry or chocolate, obviously, but... Number 11 was 99 Bananas. It's a 99-proof alcohol haven't tried that either. I'll bet you'd be singing that one song. <laughs> hey, Mr. Tallyman, tally me banana. Number 10 is rum. Ah, yes. <laughs> now that's something I can get behind. Number 9 is ice pops, which I'm not crazy about. I've tried banana ice pops. Yeah, I'm not crazy about that either. Number eight is Twinkies, and I love Twinkies, and I do not like banana Twinkies. Really? I don't. That surprises me. Twinkies should stay the original cream-filled cake can last through a nuclear explosion (laughs) deliciousness. Fair enough. Um, Number seven is yogurt. Number six is banana cream pie. Mm. Number five is pancakes number four is smoothies number three is bread yeah number two on the definitive ranking of banana flavored things is bananas wow good job bananas and the number one spot falls to the banana split well you do have the ice cream in there and ice cream rocks so bananas pulled a charlie chaplin and came in less than first in their look-alike contest or taste-alike contest. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <clears throat> he placed third, by the way. <laughs> but I was intrigued to find out about this. Um, I don't use any extra flavorings when I make banana bread for us. You just smush up 
the nasty, gross brown bananas, and that's your banana flavor. I've never actually cooked anything with a banana liquid flavoring. Okay. I'd, I've never seen banana extract in our house. Yeah. Still not inclined to go buy it. I'm okay with that. We'll stick to bananas, banana bread, and when you buy me banana ice cream. Yeah, 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 you and your banana ice cream. But that's pretty much all I have on the wonderful flavors of banana for you today. Not going back on that whole number 15 condoms thing. Yeah, that sounds gross. (laughs) I don't know. All right. Well, folks, if you enjoyed our podcast, uh, please go ahead and rate us on uh, Stitcher or iTunes or whatever podcasting service you're finding us on. We're also on SoundCloud. If you'd like to get in touch with us, our email is alkahuh at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page and a Twitter. Both of those. Uh, If you search for alkahuh, Odds are you're going to find it, but the <clears throat> Facebook is Alcahuh question mark podcast, and the Twitter is Alcahuh underscore podcast. And I bid you a great day, evening, whatever you're doing. And if you happen to be sampling a beverage or two and discussing the great philosophical discussions with your friends, and you come up with a question that you just don't feel so intrigued to research yourself, we'd love to hear from our listeners on any ideas of topics for us to talk about. That's right. This was the Alcohol Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>